0: thing. I blocks, uh-huh. Not in Harlem though. It's okay. Socks, I'm Another freaking podcast. Me Very underrated so verse right Alright big L, fuck out of here. Another freaking podcast with them boys, Dennis and Kev minus Kev. And as always, we're going to shout out to all our white people. Shout out to all my POCs, people of color. Shout out to all my CPs, color people. Shout out to Bobby Brown. Shout out to Cocaine in the 80s who gave us Bobby Brown. Shout out to that Michael Jackson nose. Shout out to all you cash app honeys. Do your thing, baby. Pay your rent. And shout out to the exclusive gym membership that we're all going to stick to this year. Another freaking podcast again with them boys, Dennis and Kev minus Kev. Today we've got a very special guest. Um, some may call him the Don Don Dada. <laughs> Just kidding, man. A well-known and beloved person in the DMV. Uh, If you do music, if you do photography, if you do video, any type of entertainment in this area, in this local area, you should definitely know the name. My man, Tony Lear. Thank you, thank you, man. What's good, Tony? How you doing, thank you man?
1: Much? Thanks for having me, man. This is, Absolutely, this is beautiful, man. man.
0: Absolutely. No, yeah. I appreciate you, man. Honestly, it's it's really dope when people say yes. Yeah. You know, and they come through and, and uh are willing to sit down and just have a conversation, man.
1: Yeah, you gotta talk, man. People Ab- love talking.
0: Absolutely, man. Um, so just just let's get right to it, man. Who is Tony Lear? Who are you? For the people that don't know who you are, who are living under a rock, yeah. who is Tony Lear?
1: First man, I'm a uh, I'm a family man. All right. I'm a family man. And second, uh,
0: Tony, uh he went to the safe answer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nah, man, for real like, I've been a businessman, I'm mostly known for being a businessman, you yeah. know. But uh that, you know, is definitely second to becoming a family man. When you got I have four kids, you know. I have four kids, three oh, dogs, a bird, you know. So, <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm a family man and everything else comes second to that, you know, because, you know, you can easily lose that focusing on too many other things. Absolutely, you don't want to focus too much on the cash app honeys. Yeah. And, you know,
0: <laughs> but you definitely don't want to focus on the cocaine. Yeah, not the cocaine. <laughs> I did pretty good for Bobby in the, in the,
1: back in the day, but yeah, I'm, uh, like you said, mainly known for entertainment stuff. I'm a businessman, uh, dabble in the music production uh, studio, a lot of studio production. Uh, very known for photography.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, people don't know I'm a, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I have a lot of different businesses. Some more successful than others, but. Uh, I love I love running running business
0: absolutely and, and,
1: and management as well
0: so you could you, is it safe to say you're a young hove
1: uh now nah, I'm a young Tony Lear uh, I, hey that's <laughs> what I'm talking
0: about Tony <laughs> so where you from man are you from the DMV where you from
1: nah people don't know they think I'm from the DMV I'm actually I'm a Texas boy I'm a country
0: boy really yeah
1: from San Antonio Texas born and raised I moved here in 2004
0: okay so this is my second home how are you Tony
1: I am about to be 35 in February
0: really oh yeah. I would have never guessed that man yeah. okay Oh, okay, so you came here in 2004, so you came here, what, that's 15 years ago? Yeah. So you were 20? Yeah,
1: 19.
0: Oh, wow, so I would never, so you're from Houston, see, that's, that goes San to show, I'm from San Antonio. See, we're, we're... Oh, San Antonio, my, my bad. Mom, wow, my mom's from
1: Houston, she's from Fifth Ward, so I live in both cities, but I'm okay. from San Antonio.
0: See, that's crazy, that, that goes to show our, our ignorance up here, I don't hear any country twang. Nah, so <laughs> yeah, you know what people
1: tell me, man. You don't sound like you're from Texas, man. You don't sound cu- a lot of people don't sound country,
0: like yeah, yeah that's you know, true, that's true.
1: Damn, yeah, you know,
0: when did you come cousins, up here,
1: man? So supposed to school, I was supposed to go to Howard. Oh,
0: supposed to. <laughs> supposed to. So <laughs> I actually
1: moved up here from Third Ward from Texas Southern University. Yeah. I was supposed to transfer. I went to uh, uh PG Community College for a little while. Okay. But then I started a business and. School just kind of fell off the radar, you know. Really? And then I just started just becoming an entrepreneur, and I loved it and been that ever since.
0: Did you ever go back to school? Uh, yeah. I did go back to school.
1: Okay. I actually have an associate's degree in architectural design. I'm a oh, carpenter, so. too. Okay. So I could design oh, a little guy, something. This I could,
0: guy does it all, man.
1: I gotta, you got to have skill sets, man. Absolutely. Skills pay the bills.
0: <laughs> it's funny because we were just talking about that, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about that off the mic here, where a lot of a lot of kids that either my age or younger focus on the flashy lifestyle. And, you know, we were just saying, like, that's cool, but what what do you do? Exactly, you know uh, that that's really dope, man. I, I really admire people that that like yourself that are always willing to just do something, you know, s- learn something new that they don't know, something they're not accustomed to. I think that's really dope, man. Um, so me personally, I met you at uh, Mid East Studios. You're still, you said you're still there, right? For life. Yeah. Yeah. How the, long have you been working there, man?
1: Uh, so I've been at Mid East. A decade, ten years. Really? Ago. Yeah, ten years. So,
0: ago. were you there when the studio was first opened, or not? It came two years after the initially okay. started. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I was. I was still there for the the, the incubation stages. Absolutely, the yeah. early years where it wasn't making any money.
0: Yeah, yeah. shout right. out to Mid East, man. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely one of the. I th- I would say one of the dopest studios I've been to in this area. Um, honestly, I would say, it, I think it's safe to say it's the top studio in this area, and it's not because you're here. It's just really about like, I think I was going there. For, a year straight with Will, um, and even in that year, how much it actually grew. It wasn't a store when I first started going there. Yeah, it, grew, <laughs> it definitely
1: grew a lot of arms and legs. I mean, it started as a studio, then I came in with the photography, yeah, film, yeah. and then you know the marketing side, and then, you know, Romy Rome comes in, yeah. like Voltron, he brings everything. He comes to the table with, with the marketing and, you know, Frays with the T-shirts. He's with the barbershop. printing stuff, man. Oh, oh the, the barbershop too, yeah. He's shout out to all my partners, you know, Chris Calloway with the printing, so yeah, it just just grew, grew into a monster.
0: It's just a big business at this point. That's yeah, that's, that's pretty dope. Middle East yeah. conglomerate, right? Basically, yeah. A yeah. lot, <laughs> a lot
1: of. A lot of a lot of stuff going on With people at the radio station You know A lot of celebrities Athletes uh, A lot of artists Come through there So yeah It just it just grew into Something real huge
0: That's dope man uh, Let's take it back To San Antonio mm. uh, let, me not okay. put, let me put some respect Not, not Houston San Antonio let me put some, So let's take it back To San Antonio Real quick man um, I know up here You know You're into photography Production um, Business and everything What was Tony Lear like In San Antonio What were those first 19 years before the DMV Like for you
1: Uh it wasn't much different from yeah. From I grew up, my my family is a musical family, you know. So I grew up in the studios here and there with family members okay. doing different different musical things. And, you know, just my mom, she's just a hustler, man. Okay. Like, she showed me how to turn nothing into something a million times.
0: That's dope.
1: So it was like just learning, you know, grinding, working. You know, I was doing music in high school. You know, okay. it really started in 97. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went on a trip with the church to... uh It was actually a church convention in Mobile, Alabama, 97. And it was just like five or six dudes, like, bobbing in a circle. And it was a dude in the middle, and he was rapping, and he was freestyling. I had never seen that in person. Cypher, yeah, yeah. It was my first Cypher, and I'm like, yo, (laughs) he started killing it. And I just saw the energy. I was like, damn, that's just fucking crazy. I, yeah. I, I love culture that culture <laughs> that. And then I went home and I started trying to rap myself and I was garbage. But <laughs> I, I love, I just love with the energy that it, it yeah, gave. Yeah, and it then that, right there, that spirit. That's, and that's where it started. I said, I'm going to do music. And then I remember a few years later after that, my dad was like, you know, what, what do you want to do, son? I said, I want to be in the music industry. He's like, son, you know, it's a one in a million shot that you'll make it. You know, do you still want to do it? I was like, yeah. You know, mm. it's just crazy looking back now, you know, talking to my dad. You know, we talk about that sometimes. It's like, oh, man, remember when you asked me to, you know, if I wanted to do that. You know, music business, yeah. I'm doing it, you know. So, yeah, you got to know what you want to do at a young age. So, young Tony Lear, not much different from the current Tony
0: Lear. Nice, man. So, as far as music, how deep did you get into it at that point? Back, uh, back home.
1: Back home, it was, uh, you know, we had groups.
0: Yeah. yeah, we had oh, cooks, man. you yeah, know, yeah. And we, especially in the 90s early 2000s nothing but groups nothing but groups yeah. so it
1: was like me and my boys rapping you know my boy tj sherelle brandon we go in the closet and we make we make a booth out of whatever yeah absolutely. equipment we had you Hell know yeah and we we got recorders from back in the day you know just rapping freestyling everybody thought there was a freestyle oh key. we
0: need that mixtape yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's a few of them out there <laughs> oh, I don't want, I don't want, what's I don't the name want of the them, group
1: I was just—we didn't really have a name, you know. Yeah. But we just—we just
0: rap over. Beats, oh, you Tony's know? copping, please already. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah, we just did our thing. It was just having fun, you know. Of course, we wanted to do a series, but uh, you know, some of us kind of still kind of into it. Sure.
0: You know? So yeah, that's dope, man. Um, so when you finally moved up here, uh, what skill set did you bring up here from San Antonio? Uh, Aside from music, of course. Aside from your drive for business, what other skill set do you think you brought up here? Or is it safe to say that? every skill set that you have now was attained once you came back up here.
1: I think the biggest skill set, uh, my intellect, you yeah, know, absolutely. just, just being smart enough to know to network with people and yeah. try and create a path to do something new and different. So that's a skill set. I've just naturally got given had since I was a young kid, you know? Sure. So that's something I definitely brought over. And, uh, if I knew, okay, well, I could, I could, I can do some construction. I made a construction business, started okay. making money with that. Uh, still doing music. Started with this label, and they saw my talents, and then it grew from this label, and then it grew from that label, and then, bong, you hit a east, and then it explodes, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, yeah,
1: some of, just my intellect and how my, my drive is is something I, I feel like I brought over from San Antonio to the DMV.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. Photography, man, it's such a... Uh, and this is no disrespect to real photographers like yourself. Photography is such a... I guess overutilized, quote unquote, skill because not everyone really has the skill. Um, what made you want to get into that, and why are you still doing it?
1: Uh, so my thing with mid east, right? I'm gonna take it back to mid east on this one mm-hmm. was managing and r and finding producers. You know, making it pop because at the sure. time I came in, it wasn't making no money. Yeah, you know, we were struggling to keep the doors open. You know, and shout out to us sticking together. It was it's thriving now, but you know. My Man Mike J had a camera, and I was like, Yo, what are you doing? I said, mm-hmm. 7D at the time was two, three thousand dollars. He just yeah, kept sitting. I'm like, Yo, we have a brand here, we should be using it. Absolutely, he's like, We'll do something with it. And it took me a little while, and I was nervous because those buttons on it was a little intimidating, <laughs> you know. But uh, I started dabbling with it, and I was like, I'm a master. This joint, you know, we needed it. You know, East at the time, we, we should have been doing photo shoots, absolutely, and yeah, content, yeah, you know, with some of the people we had coming through there, and I thought it was just it only makes sense to. To pick up a camera, sure. And you know, a little bit time after that, I I, I kind of grasped the concept of how to use the camera, and it just I just ran with it from there. And at the time, you know, everybody didn't have all the camera phones they have now,
0: and exactly so it wasn't
1: as saturated. So you have to really be an incredible talent to kind of stand out because everybody's a
0: photographer. So no, it's, it's crazy, man. That's that. You know, that's why I, I worded it that way because yeah. I know so many photographers. <laughs> it's it's almost. I overuse this word, nasty, man, honestly.
1: It is. I mean, because I've heard people ask me, hey, man, how much do you charge for this? You know, a businessman, I'm going to give a quote, and then they say, "Oh, well, it's a little too high. I'll just use my camera phone. I'm like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. So I'm like, iPhone 7, 8, 10 to X.
0: I mean, you got 12 megapixels off the top. Hey, it's not bad. And that. then you got editing software. If you ain't got
1: no money, and that's yeah. like, hey, then more power to you. I'm never mad, but you know, it is, it does, it is a competitive field when you... With somebody's camera phone absolutely so you have to really stand out amongst the the crowd to survive in this industry exactly
0: um that that's that's actually really dope that your drive is that consistent i mean it it brought you from san antonio up to the dmv to continue being the person that you are i think that's very commendable and i respect you for that that's really dope um because you know it's it's really dope how how you continue to do your photography because i see like how much i see Tony Lear tagged in almost every photography post that I see around this area. And I think that's really dope, you know. You. The fact that people can recognize, you know, the fact that there is the 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 ability to just do it on your smartphone or to get your man to grab a digital camera and just go ahead and take a picture. But the fact that um, they come to you for it speaks for itself. Thank you. thank And you. I think that's dope, man.
1: Yeah, it's definitely uh, humbling because there's so many other people, like you said, out there with a 300 dollars <laughs> camera for them to and my prices aren't cheap, you know, for yeah. them to want to invest in me, it definitely uh, makes me feel good as an entrepreneur and someone that takes the craft extremely serious. So, yeah, it's very, uh, very humbling experience.
0: Yeah, because they got to believe in you, you know, as, as well. As anything. You and, and that's trust. Um, you know, yeah. what I'm saying? the fact that hypothetically, say Tony Lear charges $100 for one photo. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The fact that someone's willing to do that instead of saying, hey, yo, my man, hey, just take a picture of me real quick. The fact that they're willing to do that with you, yeah. that's really dope, man. Um,
1: that's what keeps me going a lot of times. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it's definitely a, a rhythm. Sometimes it's really up motivated. Sometimes you're unmotivated, but just to know that people rely on me or, or, or believe in my skill set that much. Absolutely. That motiv- That's self motivating, right? Absolutely, there itself, man.
0: Yeah. So, Middle East, man. Um, where do you see it going next? You know, I haven't been there in quite some time. Obviously, because we're in here. Mm-hmm. Um, no offense, but I just had no need to go to a studio. Dang. Um, but let, like, me say, let
1: me say one thing about that. Like, I'm never yeah. never mad if somebody's like, "Well, I'm going to this studio." Yeah. It's so I, I encourage people go to another studio, experience yeah. another studio, Absolutely. network somewhere else. People probably think I'm crazy when I say that, but yo, go somewhere else. Don't just come here. Go, yeah. You know, network somewhere. You might have an opportunity just by going doing a session somewhere else. So if you're here, more power to you. You know, go where you're comfortable. You know what I'm saying. Mm. Enjoy other 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 studios as well.
0: Because, man, Tony's talking that shit, man. He knows exactly what people are going to come back to. Mid-East, bitch! <laughs> Yo, I've seen so many studios in this area, man. It's... It, it's. <laughs> I'm going to just leave it at that, man. Um, but where do you see Mid-East going to next? Because you guys do so much, man. It's it's. Uh, whether you guys are selling the cakes, custom T-shirts for people, shirts that you guys create, uh, hats, uh, custom printing, photography, haircuts, video shoots, uh, Recording sessions, mixing sessions, everything. Where else can you guys take this?
1: I'll be honest with you. Five, ten years ago, I didn't know we were going to tra- transform into what we are now. So I, you know, I have a vision in my head. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's going to go that way. Because of course, you know, the, the group of people that we have, we really kind of believe in having things happen organically. Sure. You know, you know, we do plan to a certain degree, but we kind of go with the flow. So, you yeah. know, where where we're we headed, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But I know it's going to be a good direction because it's an ant farm. We work, we come and work every day. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it might be, we might go full fledged into the design factor, you know what I'm saying? Okay. It's, yeah. And, and, and maybe produce a little, you know, you never know, of but course. I know it's going to go into a good, a good direction.
0: How are you guys adapting to this climate of just how everything is moving so quickly? Um, where, like, the studio isn't as needed as it was 5, 10 years ago. Like, how are you guys adapting to that?
1: That's what people have to understand, man. The power of a fucking brand.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We a were just brand, talking about that. Yeah. yeah,
1: brand name. People trust a brand name because they trust it to deliver a certain level of quality. Yeah. You know, and a lot of, a lot of studios don't deliver that. Yeah. That's why I say go try another studio, you know. <laughs> Not that they we're the best because there's other studios out there that have better equipment, better engineers, sure. you know what I'm saying? There's always somebody better, you know. But... The brand of what we provide, who you might meet at Midi Studios, is what really. That's true. S- you never know who the fuck is gonna be in there. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, I met Fat Traveler for the first time that, once, and I was, I was like, yo, I was like, this dude has lived in D.C. for so long, but I never met him. Now that he's big, I meet him at mid East, that, yeah? and
1: that's happened so many times. I've been shocked to just. There's been times I've been in my house and getting a call from a record label, like, uh, like for example, I'm on my damn underwear at the house at two in the morning, <laughs> and I get a call from Smokes Perp Manager, like, oh, we trying to get Midi East. I saw
0: that he was there, yeah.
1: They call me and I'm in my underwear. Oh shit! I got two phones in my ear, trying to you know. And then he comes through. So that's a brand name for somebody, you know, to tr- for a brand to translate from an era where you're playing maybe Tupac and Biggie. Okay. It's to now where Smoke Purple and we're still relevant. Yeah, it's the power of a brand name. That's dope. So you know how we how do we survive? We just stay we just stay consistent with who we are. You know and
0: originality, man. Originality, quality just, will we, always exceed uh, quantity, man. Every time. Always.
1: So yeah, people just love the brand name and it's just every year, just people just keep talking about it. We keep having celebrities, Kevin Gates and
0: uh So Trey Songs was there. Trey Songs. A Boogie.
1: A Boogie. You know, that night was crazy because we we I kind of knew a lot of times people are like, Oh, you know, such and such <laughs> don't come to the studio. Sometimes <laughs> it falls through. Yeah, yeah. We've had, you know, Diddy and Drake, all, you know, but sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. So, you know, if we got tipped off, they might come, but we didn't know we knew uh, Shy Glizzy was coming We didn't know Trey Songs And A Boogie was coming
0: Damn. Oh they were all there At the same night all, all three of them All three of them Oh wow So
1: it was a power session And they got both studios Of course you know? So it was a crazy session We had a lot of people there A lot of people in the industry Like I said
0: Did y'all lock the doors man? Because I know it can get hectic in Middle East. You have to yeah. yeah
1: And then you lose a few friends Because they're like Why didn't you
0: tell me? <laughs> yeah yeah
1: You know you can't tell everybody Because it's like Okay well I'll tell you that Uh I'm gonna tell you Jay Z's coming. They don't show up. And they're like, man, he, you, you didn't you tell said, me
0: Jay was coming.
1: Or he don't show up and then they get mad because they came all the way over there <laughs> and they Ubered and nobody yeah, yeah, showed yeah. up. They're like, bro, you gotta be, you gotta know. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it don't, you know. And then sometimes it happens literally in 20 minutes. They're calling on the way to the studio. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah, it's one of those things like J. Cole. Oh, yeah, he was there. It was just some shit. It just happened. That's crazy. And then Forgot you lose friends one. because your friends are like, man, you never tell me. Like, hell, half that time, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and even if you did, that's kind of like a, a wishy-washy thing where you want to respect that artist's privacy. You well. have to. You can't you know? call your
1: friends. You know, you can't tell everybody, hey, he's coming. I remember Cassidy came.
0: Oh, wow, okay. The first time he came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It
1: was Cassidy and the game came. At oh, wow. Session. I've yeah. Damn, that's crazy. That was one of the ones really started making a lot of celebrities come through because they never worked together
0: before. Exactly, yeah, yeah.
1: So many people got mad at me, and then, <laughs> you know, at the time we he came another time we had to learn our lesson and create a new policy because we said Cassidy's at mid east everybody start coming up there messed up the session so we had to. They don't know, even okay, listen to Cassidy.
0: <laughs> they don't even listen. <laughs>
1: I had a dude come up there and like, I got fifteen hundred in my pocket right now. I was like, bro, like, first of all, that's a slap to us. At the time, he was. You know Cassidy. Yeah, fifteen hundred. Get out of here with that yeah, shit. You yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it's just you can mess- pay for the studio time though. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, but you know, it's just weird with the celebrity part. But the celebrity part really helped the brand, and that brand is why we survive
0: still. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who's the biggest celebrity that came through?
1: The biggest celebrity. I'll be honest with you. It's, I hear stories to this day. Like what he was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he came through. So it's like I, I could probably tell from my experience. But uh, the biggest celebrity that I
0: because i've heard j cole in the game that's pretty high up for me personally i
1: think i think j kevin kevin gates maybe because you know kevin gates is very he's a big pioneer right now in this generation but j cole is maybe j cole j cole okay nice 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 you know we've had a lot of people come through j cole
0: really okay that was dope man that's dope now um just just you know kind of aside from that um with with how the music business is today, um, yeah, I've had this. I think this is the only question I kind of formulated in my mind before you came through. I haven't written anything down. Um, what do you think is holding the DMV back from being what a New York, Miami, Atlanta, LA can be?
1: So those cities you named, uh, we like to call those hub cities. Of course. So what's holding us back from being a hub? is and i know you've heard this term and this term is synonymous when you say the word dmv but it's a barrel of craps yeah you have to see that coming yeah yeah i did so uh it's everybody wants to be at the top and nobody wants to help each other you know it's pay me for this do this for me or you screwed me over okay well it's too much fighting and not enough and is
0: that because of the oversaturation oversaturation
1: Uh, i mean oversaturation is definitely a part of it but it's also just Everybody wants to shine right now. Yeah. Nobody knows yeah. how to play their position. Everybody want, no, it's too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Yeah, yeah. And nobody wants to be a manager. everybody's like, well, I'm a rapper. God damn, Everybody's a rapper. So everyone's
0: a cruiser rapper? So who's going to handle the business? And
1: that's where we're at yeah. with it. But now it's starting to, okay, well, okay, I'll be a manager. Okay, I'll help facilitate. Okay, I'll be the driver. Hey, sometimes just being the driver, it goes a long road. way, man. It goes a long way. So, you know, we're developing now. We have people that are really starting to blossom. It's slowly turning from a, bat, a crow, uh, Grabbing
0: barrel. a barrel. Yeah, <laughs> grabbing a barrel. I got you. <laughs> Turn nowhere. I got your back. <laughs> thank you.
1: Into something that's blossoming because right now it's just a lot of artists are coming out of no fucking
0: where. Yep. It's and insane, man. It's
1: insane. So you got Q the Fool, who's been through east For the young generation... I remember he was in the studio with Shot Glizzy. Who's yeah. Shot to Shot Glizzy coming through Mideast. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. He came through and chained Q the full with a Glizzy chain. Wow, okay. At Mideast. And I thought that was real symbolic of actually...
0: Togetherness. Togetherness. So yeah. that's kind
1: of like breaking those shackles of us not working together and to showing that we can work together.
0: And, and you would think that after... like, Speaking of that, like breaking those shackles, right? You would think that after Shot Glizzy, Wale, yeah. and Fat Trail decided to just say fuck that dmv bullshit that we had you would think that people would want to come together a little more right you would think so but man, yeah people are dumb man yeah <laughs> that's that's honestly sometimes what it just comes down to aside from just wanting all the shine people are just stupid sometimes, they're just man. stupid
1: man so it's like you know that worked for a little while but then people are just still greedy so many and it is oversaturated it's every honestly right now I love hip-hop yeah. for the culture, but music-wise, it's hard for me to get into it. There's a new artist, literally.
0: Every day. Every day. Like, yeah.
1: I, like yo, man, who's that? And, he's, and I'll look at him, like, yo, he has millions of views. I've never heard of this guy.
0: Yo, it's it's insane that you say that. Like, I, People always tell me, like, yo, did you listen to this project? Did you listen to this project? No! <laughs> it's so much fucking music, it's man. So like, so much. It's insane. Like, if, if you got an album, let's say, it, it, like, it's not even, like, by quarters anymore, you know, where it was, like, every three months. Or something. It's every two weeks now. Mixtapes So, like, day. if you get an album coming out... Tomorrow's Friday. You got an album coming out tomorrow, right? Every album's going to come out tomorrow. Next week's going to be a little dry. The week after, packed again. It's, it's insane to me, man. You know, um, we, we on the podcast, we talk a lot about this area and how there is that crab in the barrel mentality. You know, and I'm from this area. Born and raised, you know. That's all I've seen. But, like, you know, the, the reason I asked you that question is because... Personally, me, I don't see it happening in the DMV. Like, I don't see um, anyone popping off from this area and making it into something like, all right, we got to pay attention to that now. Does that make sense?
1: It does make sense. And I I can definitely see where you're coming from. It's hard to actually envision that. But you never know what somebody could do. You never know. uh, Everybody has a different perspective. And it might be that one person that, we never heard of that's like, you know what? I'm going to change that. Yeah. Then they blow up, and then they start pulling people in. Actually, you know, for me being more behind the scenes, yeah. I've seen a lot contractually. Okay. And it's a lot of stuff happening, you know, and there is more unity behind the scenes than uh, this. So, okay, okay. I've seen deals happen, and I'm like, oh, shit, people would never have known that this person actually pulled this person in. Yeah, yeah. But that's some behind the scenes of shit. Of course. You know? So it's more unity behind the scenes and stuff you, you probably wouldn't know because it's not public, but even on a music video, like- uh, Wale's negotiation uh, EP he dropped not too long ago. Yeah. There was a lot of unity there, you know, to have all the different mm. people that was behind the music video that he shot for the actual negotiation video I was there for. And, uh, there was a lot of unity. He shot that here? He shot that here. He shot, Hold uh, on. he shot some in New York, mm-hmm. but he shot a few scenes here, but he shot one scene actually at the university of Maryland, university of Maryland.
0: Oh wow. College, College park. park. Yeah.
1: And I was there for that scene and the people he allowed to come and, uh, yeah, Vernon Davis. He invited some people. You know, it was a lot of unity there. That's
0: actually surprising to hear because um, from the people that I've met that quote unquote know Wale from this era, like going to high school with him and just seeing him blow up, he's he comes off as a bit of a dickhead from what I've heard. Uh, so,
1: I I don't know him personally too much. Sure. I definitely encountered him doing business a few times, and I, I can say I could see where people can say that. But you Absolutely. also have to say the flip side: what you know, what did people do to him? There that, we go. That pulls it out. Sure. So people don't talk about the flip side of the coin. They you know? just
0: look at what they want. They look at what they yeah. want. You know
1: how I many people are fucking dicks to him that makes him that type of person? That's true. That's he, true. I've personally seen situations where he's helped a lot of people in the DMV and nobody gives him credit. You that's know, dope. Because that stigma is in people's heads, you know. But yeah.
0: I don't blame him from going crazy then if you're saying that. That's, that's, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, he's helped a lot of people in this area. You know, I've seen a lot of people doing dirty, you know, mm. once they pull them in and it makes you kind of like. Hey, leeches, man. Leeches, like you wouldn't yeah. believe, you know. So, yeah. I've definitely seen him help people. So, when I hear that, it's kind of hard to hear that knowing what he's gone through some of his things and like what you've seen person, it's personally. personally, like, yeah,
0: why would people say that? Yeah, yeah. you know, and the reason I, I, I feel that way is because historically, with the, because people fail to remember the DMV has provided a lot of talent, a lot. Yeah, we can we can just name the few, the quick ones Timberland, Missy, Pharrell, The Clips, Chris Brown, Fat Trail, Wale, Drew Hill
1: it goes on and on yeah. it goes
0: on and on and the reason i say that I, I just don't see it happening here is because they all left to pop like to, to get it to get to like you know to blow up they left
1: you know why you know I, what i see here it's not a lot of venues out here for them to do if you go to atlanta
0: mm-hmm. there's so, like, so many yeah
1: so many venues so much stuff going on there that's organized you go to la you go to uh uh, uh new york yeah here we're still developing that infrastructure. And the like music the
0: Fillmore energy. is probably like the 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 number one place that people that artists go to from what I've seen lately. We
1: need about twenty of those. Yeah, and then we can be self sufficient. Now, me. What's
0: the other place in in DC? Uh, you
1: got the Fillmore Howard Theater.
0: Howard Theater, but there's another one, mm-hmm. the Anthem. Anthem, I have yeah. heard of that one. Yeah, I've heard that's a nice venue. It's a pretty big venue as we, well.
1: We got Echo Stage, but see they're not doing that. They're doing that for bigger bigger artists yeah you know? yeah yeah so yeah we got to build the infrastructure a little more but we're slowly but surely getting there
0: what do you think we can do to change that though to to open the doors to these to these venues because there are venues here like an echo stage i know echo stage more for like those big you know club djs and then big artists so to speak so what do you think we could do to break that man so
1: for my person i'm from texas so sure. texas you can go platinum in texas fuck everywhere else yeah so i grew up from that from zero mm. to 19 years. You know what I'm saying? Seeing how people can work together. Yeah. I grew up listening to Swish House. Okay. So Michael <laughs> Watts and all those people had group. They had one family and then had sub-families. Mm. You go to Atlanta, you got the Dungeon family.
0: Yeah. You got Future. You, you got Outcast. Yeah. All
1: those people came. To, so we need a coalition. We have we need an overall umbrella and then sub-umbrellas. And then they work together. You mm. don't have that here. It's that label over there. Shag and them. And you got Fat on and them over I there. Because I
0: remember, um, what was that? DC 1135? Wasn't that a thing? Not nah, nah, what was it? It was the Wale, Black Cobain, Oh, the board administration. Yeah, like what, what happened to that? Like it just didn't work, it, like as far as that umbrella thing that you're talking about.
1: I think it, that was more of a label situation, mm. uh,
0: but it wasn't like a whole bunch of different
1: clips gotcha. across, you know. You know, that may have started something, but it didn't blossom, you know. Gotcha, it, it's not around anymore, but you know. If we could come together and make a make a big group and have like a Mid East and another group over here in D.C. and Baltimore, bridge the gap between these yeah. cities, because honestly, we could be bigger than Atlanta and in New York because we tri-state. Yeah. You know, we got all the way to the top of Baltimore, all the way down to the northern Virginia is a big ass 95 Richmond. Richmond. Yeah. So we could definitely do it. It just takes some planning and everybody putting bullshit to the side.
0: Yeah, and and the thing about it it goes back to what you said about everyone just wanting to be the star and no one really wants to put the work in. Do you feel like we need to actually know what work ethic is?
1: I'll be honest with you, I've been in the studio with a lot of people. A lot of running mid-east studios you meet a lot of artists. They work ethic is... Pat Trails work ethic is
0: ridiculous. I've heard. I've heard. Which is
1: ridiculous. I'm going to talk. He's coming in at 10 o'clock at night and not leaving until damn near 12, 1 o'clock the next day. not. And, and he's working the whole time. So he definitely earned his position in sure. he is in life. His work ethic is ridiculous, not to mention his skill. But, you know, a lot of people do have the work ethic. It's just... I think what they're missing is structure as far as management. People just want to have mm. the skill, the songs, and not have the the team that it needs to propel it to the next level.
0: Yeah, you mentioned management twice specifically. What makes a good manager? Because people that I know here that are quote unquote managers are just the ones that are saying that they're manager and promoting the artist music. What's the successful manager, man? Uh
1: so for for me and me, I'm I'm I've managed in the music industry, but I'm also transitioning to sports. <clears throat> so right now I'm helping managers at a, a soccer athlete. So I think what a good in both of those arenas what a good manager does is really help you with the direction of your career,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and people have a big misconception is, well the manager needs to pay for this and no the manager don't pay for shit
0: no nah.
1: the label pays for everything yeah yeah and they the label can't technically be the label. And manage you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I learned that with having an artist, me, Phrase, E, and Rome having an artist and having to go through all the legal stuff. It's just like, well, you can't have it be a management company and a record label. You gotta pick one. And then we learned along the way. Along the way, but a good manager. Really I think just, I know what you're
0: referring to as well. Yeah. So yeah,
1: yeah there's been a few situations, few artists, and we learned along the way. And uh, so we just told to be management, you know. So a good manager, I really feel, is like facilitates everything, brings opportunities, and steers your your career in the right direction. Sure. But it's not a financer at all. But it yeah, can be. I, yeah, yeah. But it's not obligated to finance exactly. your career at all. And that's a big misconception, man. Well, he's managing me. He going to pay or she going to pay for this. No.
0: How do you feel about... Because I've, I've, I've met a few. How do you feel about managers wanting to take 50%? <laughs> Fuck out of here with that bullshit. Because <laughs> isn't the standard anywhere between like 5 and 15?
1: I mean, it depends like, you know, on the area, the artist and the relationship between a the person. They can yeah. pay you thirty five if they feel like, hey, you, you let me sleep on your sofa, you did this, you did everything, you did you did everything. Yeah. You did everything. I owe you. You can have thirty five. It just depends, but generally anywhere from ten to twenty percent is what
0: twenty. It is. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, so would you say that someone could contract anyone at Mid East, or any one of you guys at Mid East, or even the entire Middle East staff as a management firm?
1: Depends on the situation. Okay. You know, we've we've grown in so many different areas and... It has to make sense, I guess. It has to make sense, you know, for us to connect. Like, we've connected a few times and... and even with Fat Trail, with him being a Mid East a lot, it wasn't really a management situation. It was just us trying to help, and a lot of people helped. Yeah. And uh, even down to Wale, hearing you know, knowing a lot of people at the radio station, hearing their stories,
0: yeah,
1: talking about well, I played his record, and I did this, and I did that. You know, it's just everybody coming together, yeah, yeah, to push this artist. And then, okay, you got your foot in the door. How about you bring in one or two people? All right, we got one or two people. Okay, y'all bring in two or three people. That should be the way it works. Doesn't happen.
0: It's, that way. It doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. who like who does middle east have in their eyes or who do you um like have your eyes on that you think like that person if obviously if they continue on the right path they'll make it do you have anyone in mind in this area uh, i like the g riders okay i haven't heard of them they, you got to give me hip
1: yeah they're they're a talented group they uh they're consistent with their craft they do uh they do a lot for their craft they're really dedicated and they they have kind of bars, you yeah. know, and they're not mumble rappers. Not to take anything away from the mumble rap, but, you know, I'm a hip hop fan. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when I started listening to hip hop, it was really about the lyrics. Yeah. And not, not to take anything away. If you like just the music, that's cool too. Because I do like the beats of the mumble raps. It's cool. It just slap but, sometimes, uh, man. It, sh- it does slap. I like that term. Everybody's <laughs> using it, it slap. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I like the G Riders. Uh, there's a few other artists out there, but uh, it is saturated right now. Yeah. It's so saturated, you know.
0: Anyone that you feel like you could say, I could take them under my wing and and manage them, so to speak. And you don't have to name anyone specifically, but you know, I'll
1: be honest with you. You know, music wise, I like my man Chris Vega as a producer. Okay, you know, you know we've had our you know ups and downs over the years. And definitely him. Uh, but I'm really more into sports. Gotcha. You know,
0: that's your, that's where your passion is right now. Right now, for the management aspect. For the of what management you
1: do. aspect, right now, is sports because. Uh, it's entertainment, too. you know. You yeah, watch exactly. TV, you entertain for an hour or two with somebody's sure. physical abilities. And so that's kind of grabbing my attention. It really resonates with me right now. So definitely uh, soccer. I love soccer. Are
0: you, uh, DC United or?
1: Uh, so it's not like La Liga teams. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Europe, Europe soccer. Dude, but, that's
0: where the money is at, my guy.
1: Woo, definitely. But, you know, when my, when, what I'm really trying to do uh, with the team, I have, management team I have now uh, want to bridge the gap between European soccer and American soccer. Okay. Because you got the big four here. You got basketball, baseball, football, and basketball. Hockey in there, you know. But soccer even though it's the biggest global sport, yeah. in America is not on the list. It's not. No. So, you know, you got all these stars Ronaldo, Messi overseas, but in America, we're not we don't have as many soccer stars. We have the ability to. Yeah. But why don't we? So, you know, one of my goals with that management is to help bridge the gap between over there and over here
0: to kind of uh, just grow the sport not we'll necessarily go just bring it together to
1: bring it together like yeah. you know we're America you know we talk about where this is we're big bad you know we do have basketball and football but that's really in the states you know you go overseas they're caring about soccer they don't care that's what
0: makes me laugh when like they call uh, football players world champions it's like wait what
1: yeah American <laughs> champion. that's what it is <laughs> not world champion with soccer you know yeah, we're so what, arrogant as Americans we're, we're arrogant man we're definitely cocky <laughs> But yeah, soccer. I love. I love soccer. You know, I picked it up myself, and then you know the dedication to. It's not easy. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that's a
0: very disciplined sport, man.
1: You got eleven dudes on the field trying to put you know, and one goal. That goal is hard to you know.
0: Absolutely, man. So yeah.
1: But not to take anything away from these other sports, but, yeah, soccer. No,
0: soccer's a whole different animal, man. I respect these guys' cardio ability, man. You're running
1: for two hours, two and <sighs> a half hours. Non-stop. Man. Non-stop. Non-stop. Football, Stop. football you, you, what, eight
0: seconds? Yeah, you're taking breaks. You're taking you know, a break, you know. Time here and there, you know what I'm saying. There's halftime. Definitely halftime. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. There's no such thing in soccer. 90 minutes minimum. You're just going back and forth. You might get a two-minute break.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where my focus is right now.
0: Okay. And you were talking about uh, stepping away from, you know, certain things that you love doing to be able to come back to it and still feel, you know, find that love. So do you think that this is kind of you're stepping away from like photography, music, and you're stepping away with it by pursuing another passion? Do you feel like at some point you'll eventually come back full time to these other passions? Uh... If you've stepped away from them at all.
1: You know, that's a good perspective. You just, you know, I I don't think I'm stepping away from photography. I think I'm really on on the ball with it right now. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, going in the direction of sports management, it definitely uh, is is something new. You have to sometimes create a new fire. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And if you're doing, like, production, you know, I love production. You love production. You got to take a break.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You'll get
1: burnt out and never want to do it again. You know, so before you burn out, just walk away. You know, do something new. You know. Sure. Take your skills and do another, another activity. So this is just me just transferring it to something else for at the moment, you know.
0: That's really dope, man. So it, it goes to show that your your business mindset is still intact.
1: Yeah, you got to, it's a muscle, man. You got to work it out. Hell man. yeah, yeah, yeah. You absolutely. don't want to just do curls every day. Yeah. You got to do some squats. You got to do some push-ups.
0: Like, can't skip leg like day. You can't skip yeah. leg like day, man. You got to get in there. Can't skip leg like day yeah. at all, man. Yeah. Um, So as far as, you know, we're going to touch on just a few more things. Uh, music, like what would you say are some, you know, pretty big influences in your life for music?
1: Music, so uh, I grew up hip-hop, but I'm a pop fan. So... Uh, People probably don't know this producer, but I'm a big, big fan of. God, his name just slipped on my mind. Mm. He produced some of the biggest records of of our generation. He's from Sweden, Uh Max Martin.
0: Max Martin. Wow. Okay. Max I've, Martin. I very rarely heard that name, but it does ring a bell. Yeah.
1: It doesn't get any bigger in the production world than Max Martin. You know. Yeah. Maybe a Quincy Jones, but uh for him to be as young as he is. Biggest influence on me personally, Max Martin. Max like, Martin. You're talking global hits. I'm talking Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, uh, Tyler, uh, Taylor Swift, Britney, Spe- all of them. You know.
0: Yeah, people fail to realize, man. A lot of that, uh, like you know, early to mid two thousands pop sound. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Came from Europe. Uh, When it comes to like Germany, Russia, Sweden, um, London, you know, a lot of that sound came from over there. So that that's actually very interesting. You wouldn't hear that. I honestly expected you to give me a typical answer, oh Michael Jackson, Quincy (laughs) Jones, you know. (laughs) I really did expect that. Nah, I mean you gotta love.
1: So yeah, Mike. Mike was very unique, very instrumental in in my career because he kept it simple. Yeah. Yeah, very very clean music as far as the quality of his mixes. His arrangement, mm-hmm. subject matters—he—he he, he covered his consistency, his visuals, even in the media, balancing how he interacts with the media. It's yeah. across the board. It was a monster, you yeah. know. So yeah, definitely a, a, a Michael Jackson is a big influence. Even a Will Smith to stay wow, so okay. positive, but still be so big. Yeah, that's dynamic. You don't see happening. Yeah, talk often. about a rebrand. Fifty years old, he turned out too long ago, and still killing it.
0: And the song he's got with uh, Bad Bunny Mark Anthony, crazy. That was crazy. I, I, that, that's, that's really dope. Will Smith is someone that people don't really mention. Very underrated, that Will Smith guy. He's underrated. But, Might have well, heard of him. Yeah. And <laughs> for real,
1: honestly, I, I first time ever hearing about a Bad Bunny was because he did a feature. Oh, really? I never heard of him. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, now I listen to more records over, like, right now I listen to uh, Anita. I don't know if you heard of Anita. Nah. Portuguese artist. Nah. Blowing up, blowing up. Okay. She's, she's got some some big records. Uh so yeah you just
0: just, speaking of like uh, becoming an artist I just spent uh, came across someone earlier today Mm -hmm. I was listening to the Joe Button podcast and they played this artist let me see if I can pronounce her name where is it Mm Asian. she got a project called Love Train Mm 2 amazing amazing I'm talking about like sultry rich R&B music Mm -hmm. you haven't heard that like obviously her touches on it I don't know this was different Mm -hmm. but that's really dope Um, now influences uh, photography art and photography like you know, that's not something that's touched on so much, but what was one of the biggest influence and in, in driving forces for you to just do this?
1: Uh So this is a uh, it's a weird response, but just Instagram period. It's really? Con- Insta- the, the the amount of content is just you, people just fucking eat that shit up. You know, hmm. all day you're just looking at a picture. I seen it. No, until next. Tap. Or double yeah. tap next. It's just, just uh, never ending source of content you have to provide. And I was like, well, shit. If I could just get good at taking pictures, I'll never need a job. Yeah. People all day on Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, just look at pictures. So if you could become a good person at taking pictures, people need pictures. So Instagram was let me know, okay, this is really real. You know, Facebook was kind of cool, but it was more camera phone. But I really saw sure. some incredible images on Instagram. And I was like, you know what? Let me try and get some likes on, on my Instagram. Yeah. You know,
0: <laughs> let me get these likes yeah, up. Get these likes <laughs> up one time.
1: So, yeah, Instagram <laughs> was a big influence just to see how many people were interested in photography just by looking at it. Not even, you know anything else
0: and you know and that's funny that's actually a good way to look at it because if if you're scrolling down and you see this is a dope ass picture who took it and they see tony lear now it turns it into let me hit this guy up so he can take that picture for me or something even better and
1: that's exactly what kind of i don't say blew me up but definitely got the money
0: coming in and you want, one, one of them, them likes got you popping the likes got <laughs> me popping and
1: what really got me popping was People were just tagging me, ridiculous. I, I'm telling you, I but, see that all the time. But man. I was a workhorse. It wasn't about the money at first. It was about, okay, a lot of people, I tell people, I'm a businessman too. So I understand you can't just come out the gate. And I see so many people want me to give them a consultation on business. It's like, well, I got to charge to recoup my money. No, you don't. You have to get your name out there. Yeah. Because the number one battle that you fight as a new business or a new artist or new anything is obscurity. Yeah. They don't know you. They don't, they don't want to pay you. Yeah. So you have to be a workhorse and get the content out there. And once they think, okay, it's pretty good content, then you can start talking about money. So for me, I knew that aspect. So I'm out there just taking pictures.
0: Yeah. If you
1: pay me, pay me. If not, let's just get it going. And yeah. I just dumped it, dumped it, dumped it. And then people followers. now C, you got to charge, Tony. I
0: got to charge. Yeah. But you know what? I don't always charge. <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: it, it got to the point where I didn't charge. <laughs> then I started charging. Then I started charging more. Then I was like, I can't believe I'm charging this. Yeah. And then it got to the point where I like, you know what? Let me just shoot it, you know? So it depends on the case. Sometimes I charge. Sometimes I'm like, yo, I think this is a dope content. I want to put this in my portfolio. Let's do this, you know?
0: Yeah, it has to make sense. That's that's like me in the production, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tease people on here because uh, when, when I've when i had artists come on here, they're like, yo, Phantom Beasts. I'm like, yo, I don't even know who that is, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but whenever I produce, you know, it always depends on who I work with, if I'm going to charge them or not, you know? Because whenever I meet a new artist and if I feel like their music is dope, I might not even charge them, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? One – I sometimes don't even know what I should charge. Yeah. You know? And we will talk and I do have a question about that just for everyone. Yeah. Um like for example like Will, you know Will Poe. Um My, you know, man. I, shout out to my yeah, man, shout out to my man. Yeah, shout to Poe, man. Poe. Po! <laughs> Yo, the last time he did this uh when I recorded him on the podcast, I had yeah. to turn his shit down. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was so loud.
1: Yeah, shout out to Poe, like, that's my that's my that's my brother for real. Like outside the music, outside everything, else, like we legit we legit friends, you know what I'm that's saying? That's a good dude, man. Yeah, that's awesome. my man right there. So shout out to my man Poe.
0: Yeah, like, you know, when I met Will, um, I knew of Will from our neighborhood. We're from the exact same neighborhood, exact same street. You know, I, I knew about Will growing up. Big Will is what we knew him as, right? Um, so when I met Will, you know, automatically, because of that, had, you know, some sort of respect for him, you know. And once I started talking to him, getting to know him, I was like, nah, this is actually a really good dude, you know. And something in me just said, let's just work. And, you know, to this day, like, I, I can honestly say, like, I've never said, yo, I need $5 for this beat. Let me you tell know.
1: you something about him, man. He puts is off every time we talk about production. Yeah. you're the first name, every oh yeah, <laughs> like that was what really branded your name in my head. Like that's got your name. Will, yeah. He just he's like yo, your fan know, And I'm thankful, like, and I'm thankful for him, man. He puts like, on for you, bro. He does. He, he does.
0: really does, yeah. man. Like I've had a lot of people that just hit me up off the strength of like, yo, Will said this, or he told me you did this joint. Form. I'm just like. That's, that's, that's better than money, in my opinion. The fact then, that my man's just doing that, you know?
1: That's another business aspect is people understand it's not about marketing and trying to get out there. Number one is word of mouth. It's word what mouth, people man. will pay for what somebody else says versus Absolutely. what they see on the internet. So Hell yeah. That, that's, that's big That goes back
0: that. to your Instagram thing. They're going to see that beautiful photo. Who yeah. took it? It's only there. Yeah. And now we're going to hit him up. Um, <laughs> damn, I had a question. All right, cool. So you talked about, you know, sometimes you charge, sometimes you don't. It has to make sense. Artists should they charge for features if yes when should they start charging for features
1: so i always tell the artists my biggest thing is you don't do any you don't start asking for money until you start buzzing if you ain't buzzing then what are you asking for money for don't even drop an album or a project pause pause
0: that real quick okay what's buzz
1: buzz is nowadays like,
0: like what is it now
1: so nowadays buzz is you walk in there and they say like yo uh let's just say a hypothetical name let's say Rapper B is in the studio
0: yeah, oh yeah. I heard of him y'all It's probably a rapper out there named Rapper B too yeah it's probably <laughs> shout out to Rapper B shout out to Rapper B out there <laughs>
1: so let's say Rapper B you know oh man I heard about him he's killing it right now when other people can hear that you're Craft is actually doing something. You're buzzing. Okay. You know, not just, oh, I've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah, you've been doing it for 10 years, but.
0: You a bum. You, yeah, nobody heard of you. You know what I'm saying?
1: The obscurity. You're fighting obscurity still. Yeah. When you're outside of the obscurity battle and people start saying, okay, I've heard of you. Oh, I played your music without you having to tell me to play, mm-hmm. then you've got a buzz. Now you have leverage to drop a project. And that's what people are doing. They're dropping 50 projects with no buzz. And then mm-hmm. the label comes and says, okay, you want a deal, but I just looked at all 50 of your projects and they barely got any views. Yeah,
0: so got that's five tell- listens on each one. You got
1: five listens. I'm telling you, you're not hot. I'd yeah. rather come and see you have one project and fifty thousand views. Now we have leverage. Let's talk about a deal. So they got it backwards here, which is probably another reason why we aren't blossoming as a musical hub in the D. M. V. area. But you have to understand, you have to have a buzz. That's just not music. Anything if you sell a lemonade and ain't, ain't nobody talking about your lemonade, why would you want to charge a dollar fifty for your lemonade? You so give it out for free, and get everybody saying, yeah. mm, "That shit's good."
0: So then when you got 50 other people coming, 25 cents, please. There you go. And that's
1: business. And people understand those basic fundamentals of business.
0: So do you feel like that old formula of like really just taking your time to some degree to get your name out there will still work?
1: Definitely works. Uh, So I, from this is my personal opinion. It works, but. Kind of what we talked on before, there's so many new artists coming out every day. I'm like, how did he make it so big? Yeah. You know, but I don't know their backstory what they went through. Of course. But, you know, I feel like artists now, can, if they really take their time and create a nice record, a nice video, and really have a budget, <clears throat> excuse me, to push it, you could blow up off of one song in a few yeah, months yeah. if you really do it strategically, if you have a budget. Sure. And what most people don't have is a, a budget.
0: Because they're not willing to invest in themselves.
1: Yeah. And that's what, me you and know, my partners always tell people, you see Midi's, I know you've seen the stickers. Bro, Across, the stickers not you only. You want to know
0: something? Like day. this is some ill shit, day. and I've been meaning to tell you this. I went to New York this past, I'm gonna say August. Mm-hmm. I was in Chelsea. There was a East sticker on a fucking light pole. Day. I said, these motherfuckers <laughs> need to get out of here.
1: <laughs> but as it, it, people understand, the, that's why we still survive. I said,
0: Fraser, you around the corner? <laughs>
1: but this was the thing is. It's not phrase. It's, I know. It's not me. It's not Rome. It's not E. It's, yeah. not, it's the culture. It's almost borderlining uh, cult following. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you remember Disco Danny. It sounds was familiar. He, he used to spray his tag all over the place. He okay. got real famous, right? We got very popular because everybody saw that logo, and then we were going to clubs to see the T-shirts. But it, it got so popular, we knew we were real big, When we would take company trips. We would go to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. And we walk in a club not knowing anybody. And the DJ say, like, "Yo, sh-. that's our favorite thing." We walk in a club in DC, you know, Luxem- mid east in the motherfucking <laughs> building. But when you go to uh, uh, Vegas, you didn't and didn't know the DJ, and it was just a random club, and he shout, shout your Middie name east. out. That's when we was like, "Yo, we're national," you know, and that's why we can still thrive in this type of economy because the brand is such a
0: synonymous with. Music, you know, I can't tell you how many McDonald's I've gone to where that shit has just slapped on the number five. That but I people get. do that for, us. like I said, yeah, it's not man, just it's, us. It's not it's we can't dope. we
1: can't cover that much ground. We're in Absolutely. the DC, Maryland, Virginia Absolutely. area. We make stickers, people take them, and they know the, the culture is. Hey, we need to put
0: up a Mideast sticker. Yeah, and it just it just. When I saw that joint in New York, I was like, damn, like that's that's ill. Mm-hmm. It's really dope. I think you know the fact that your your brand is literally reaching out that far. Okay, so, you yeah, know?
1: that that that's uh. Vegas, that's a beautiful man. thing. Yeah, Vegas, man. Man, L.A., uh, New York. There's so many different areas. where it's, I'm from Texas, and, you know, I've got That stick up all over Texas. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: you know, that's just
1: a, that was before the Texas internet. a country in itself. Yeah, it is. You could be driving 12, 14, 15 hours still be in Texas. Same city. Same city. <laughs> so, you know, people understand, like, those are more old-school marketing techniques. Yeah. Because – we were doing that before Instagram or Facebook was even yeah, out. Yeah, I, no,
0: I remember hearing about Middle East way before, like, social media got really popping. I, exactly. me- I remember very well.
1: So, yeah, still waters run deep. We, we've we been doing this for a long time, so we're not new to this, you know. So just to use some of those practices from back in the day and those translated over to this era.
0: And adapting them, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Now, going back to the whole artist thing, you know, and if artists does charge, like, what should they start charging? Because... I see artists charging $100 up to $600 for a feature. And in my personal opinion, I'm like, I've never heard of you. Like, why are you charging that much? So where do you think, at, if you can give a number at least? So this is my, my personal
1: philosophy on it. You take what you could get. <laughs> if you mm. start now and somebody wants to give you a dub and you're hungry and you're starving an artist, take that dub and go in there and do what you do. Yeah, sure. And it's going to grow from 20 to 40. 40 to 80, 80 to 160, and then you're getting 300. Next thing you know, you're getting five. Your confidence, your skills are going through the roof, and then you're getting 1, a thousand. Stack, yeah. Yeah, I seen Fat Trail. Shout out to my man, Fat Trail. I love that, man. He sat in the Middle East, and I seen him make 10,000 like it was nothing. <sighs> Just playing video games, and the feature coming, going and knocking it in an hour. That's 2,500. That's 3,000. You know, 2,000. You know, me coming through, hey, man, you got what you got, man? 1,500, Trill. He's like, give me that. Going there for 30 minutes.
0: Hustle, man.
1: And. Just, you know, but at that point, his buzz was big. Of course. You know, so you got to take what you could.
0: Yo, when he got signed to Maybach, I remember um, I was sick that night that um, he brought all the that rosé, sent the bottles to me to East. Yeah. Yo, just looking at that, how crazy was that night?
1: Like uh, crazy
0: in the sense that like this was a guy that we literally saw cultivate right here and look at where he's at now.
1: It was crazy because I remember the first time Fat Trail actually came to Mideast, it was a tattoo shop, a tattoo shop, unique tattoo shop. The man, Gary, <laughs> Gary, one of the best tattoo artists out here in the DMV is they had to shop right above Mideast. Okay. So at the time I'm running Mideast, they're saying, Tony, you need to go out there and talk to Fat Trail and tell him to come in here and do an hour. So I'm like, bet, I got you. So he out there smoking a cigarette. I go out there and I was like, yo, I was just like, you know, I know you're getting a tattoo upstairs, but we like you to come down and, uh, just do a free hour see if you like it and make this your home studio just giving him a pitch you Yeah, yeah, yeah. he smokes a cigarette throws it to the ground he's like alright man I'll check it out see what I can do after my tat not thinking nothing of it maybe he'll come maybe he won't he came in and at the time he was with board administration
0: okay yeah I remember him being in that he also did. yeah
1: and he came in and he was just doing his thing you know we just let him do his thing and next thing you know about two three days two three days later he was in Mideast every fucking day damn cause I remember and, it- and at that time he's was at Mideast every, every other every day mhm he had just left board administration. So it was like he made a transition from that and then just started coming to Mideast. East. doing and, his own thing, yeah. And he did his own thing. And, you know, East, we weren't officially a label or management. We were just some dudes that
0: – Owned the studio.
1: on the studio. And Fraze had his skill and he had his name popping. Roma had his. I had my name popping. East Storm, you know, we all yeah. had our own lane and own, you know, thing going on. And then, of course, Debo and a lot of people that were mm-hmm. involved at the time, you know, it was, just, it was all helping each other. Absolutely. So, you know, same thing with Wale. A lot of people came together to push him to the next level. And look at where he's at you know now. where he's yeah. at. So Fat had the same love in the city. Like, everybody loved Fat Everybody did what they could to make sure they helped DJ-wise, radio-wise. That's uh, beautiful. Yeah. So I, I, I haven't seen that in a while for an artist, you know, the love that he got across the board. But, uh, yeah, he came in and did his thing and, and, and poof.
0: Look at where he's at now. One of my first videos I remember seeing Trell was uh, when he put out Respect with the Tech. Mm -hmm. And I remember when he, I saw the video on YouTube also where he recorded that at Midi East. And that was one of Fat Trell's first like big songs, like on the mixtape circuit where Dat Piff was big, live mixtapes, when that was really popular, you know, when that was like the platform to go before Mm -hmm. iTunes, you know what I mean? Dat Piff, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember that song, like Lex Luger was in there making the joint with him. I was like, that's really dope that they're doing it at that studio. And I remember. Um, I was like man, I gotta go to that studio one day, right? I was just, I had just started off like, yo, I had a small twenty five key keyboard, this <laughs> big ass Sony Vio. Yeah. um and I was like, man, I gotta go there. So I remember the first time I went to Mid East, it was like surreal to me, yeah, because I was like, holy shit, like this is that spot because I remember that I remember that image very well of Fat trail. I mean, well, when does he have a shirt on? You know Never, what man. People
1: think that's just like an act. No, he's really in the studio <laughs> without a shirt on, you know. And it's it's just what it is. Nobody looks at him no different. It's, it's just a trail. Fat, trail. That's yeah, a yeah. fat trail.
0: And I remember going in, I was like, damn, like this is actually a really dope spot. And I was kinda like intimidated by the spot because I was like, wow, like this is actually a real, a real place to go, man. And a lot of people
1: were like, at the time, I'll be honest with you, just to kind of get back to what you're saying, how was it? It was incredible to have an artist. At that time, to have that type of buzz, yeah. because you got Diddy was one. Every label was called the Mid-East at the time for, for Fat Trail. So you have every label not knowing what label he was going to. He's at Mid-East. You know, Tony, let me borrow your luggage, taking my luggage, going to Rick Ross' house, coming wow, back. Wow, it was
0: really like that. It was
1: like, it was like a movie, literally like a movie. So it's got
0: to be real special for y'all to like see where he where he's at now, you know, in terms of his artist level.
1: Man, I can't even describe how special it is to see the, the, the work ethic he put in and, and the sacrifice he did, and then to see him sign that, you know, you know, it was crazy, you know.
0: Did he so, sign his contract at Middle east Yeah. What?
1: I sat there. I woke his Debo, sent me the contract. He's like, yo, he's in New York at the label Fat Troll, sleep at the studio. He's like, yo, Tom, I need you to wake Fat Troll up so he can sign his record deal.
0: Damn, Maybach.
1: I woke him up. He's asleep. He's like, yo, what's up? I was like, yo, wake up. He's like, what? 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 I was like, yeah, you sign your record deal. Poof, he woke up.
0: Eyes, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, Maybach, that's under what? That's epic now, right?
1: Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. At this moment, I, I know they've done. I mean, Cause, LA, cause, cause I,
0: know, I, I know Ross switched. To, I mean a label
1: add, can actually be under like five labels if they want. It could true. be a it could for this artist. A joint venture, yeah. Yeah, this artist could be with Atlantic. This one could be, you know, with Def Jam, MMG this, and you know, it's just a partnership. You know, it's a joint venture. So, you know, they could be with anybody right now. With I know you,
0: with your experience of like everything you've done and up up until this point, and we'll wrap it up kind of on this note. Do you feel like a record label is really needed now? No. Yeah. Okay. Explain. No.
1: You don't need them. Like, what do you need them for? Yeah. You know, back in the day, I I talked to so many artists. Like, yo, man, I just want to get a deal, and I'm like, for what? You want to owe somebody money? Because all they're doing is affronting you the money to make sure it happens. But if you slow grind it and you do your own thing, you don't fucking need a label.
0: You know, it's funny. We were just talking about currency in that sense. Yeah,
1: the currency model. Like he's doing his own thing, independent. You're gonna you're gonna sign a deal with a label, sell a million records, and be broke. Where you can sell ten thousand and be way. Yeah,
0: send it for five bucks each. You're looking at fifty thousand right
1: there. You're not going to get no 50000 off of selling a million. No. You're not, who said it? Who said this? I forgot who said it. But he's like, I never met an artist that fully recoup. They're going to give you that deal. You're going to never pay it back. Yeah. You're going to owe them the rest of your life. Why do that? Okay, <laughs> I can tell you why Why you do that. This is the only reason why I tell you why. So you can get famous.
0: Because
1: yeah. <laughs> once your foot's in the door, you say, okay, I had to pay them, but they got me everywhere. Yeah. Now you can do what you want to do because now you got the
0: wave. So I guess it'd be like a, an exposure thing. If that, that, that would be probably the only thing that would make sense to sign to a label now, is just for exposure?
1: Exposure, distribution. There's, there's key things that you may not be able to provide at this time that you say, okay, well, I want to partner with you. I'll do a deal, and then boom. But don't fully, sufficiently sign a 360 deal and get all your show money, all your all your streaming money. Yeah. No, just do it on your own. Just grind your ass off, you know, because I'm going to tell you, when you get a label deal, they're going to expect you to grind, and they're going to send you everywhere anyways.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, regardless of whether you're getting paid or not. And it's going to come out of your own pockets. Out of your own pocket. So just do
1: your thing and then, you know, partner with people, pay. If you you getting feature money, take that, and you go get a bigger feature. Yeah. You know, attach to people. You know what I'm saying? Work with people. So, you know, the deal, I think people are realizing, and I, I, I say this and I don't give a damn, it's a scam, bro.
0: It, no, it really is, man. Like, you're going to give me a million dollars up front, but it's going to cost you $1.5 to make the album and promote it. And I'm not going to recoup 1.5 million in the streaming era. Exactly. When so. I'm making less than a cent, less than half a penny for a stream.
1: So, to answer your question, no. You don't need a record deal. What you need to do is just build your brand, get a brand name, and just keep pushing. You're going to incrementally get better and better.
0: Absolutely. If you're dedicated, of course, yeah. the, the grind definitely has to be there because there's there's a lot of instances where, for example, like Jay, I you know the reason I bring up Jay a lot is because he's very inspirational to me, you know, and what Rockefeller did with him, uh, Damon Biggs, you know, three guys that formulated a plan we're gonna get here, and these are the steps that we're gonna take. Um, Jay wasn't quote unquote the most talented guy during the era he was coming up with, compared to everyone else, the bigs, the locks, Nas, et cetera, so on and so forth, you know, but that work ethic is what propelled him to that level. Yeah. To where even a guy like Tony Lear, who wasn't a huge fan of Jay-Z until he heard that one song and finally understood that, you know what I'm saying? Because it took that whole work ethic, build him up there. So now that he's up there, you're seeing the real talent, you know what I mean, and I think that's that's uh, that's needed, man. You know, because I like for example me, I feel like I have talent in what I do with the music thing. You, you definitely know. got talent. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I feel like I got talent in it, and the hardest thing for me was the work ethic and understanding. Yeah, like I make amazing beats, but if you've got a guy who makes subpar beats but is making like twenty beats a week, he's gonna get noticed before I do, regardless of the quality of my beats, you know. And I and I and I definitely. Th- think that that's what we all need to do is just improve our work ethic and grind man
1: hard work beats talent when talent don't work hard man. exactly
0: <laughs> you hit it you hit it on the head right there man um so real quick uh before we get out of here i just want to give a quick shout out to midi east again man and i want you to tell um everyone in the area that's going to listen to us because believe it or not like I'm, it's not me trying to dick ride myself but aside from the, the dmv area that listens to my mixtapes like new york is another big audience i don't know how but it is so. For people who don't know about MIDI East, mm-hmm. could you tell them what MIDI East can offer for you, for any artist?
1: Uh, so MIDI East is a good starting point for anybody. You know, up until if you need a big campaign, but to get in there and get your get your uh, experience up, you know, you meet people, you know reason why we charge what we charge and we're not crazy with the prices you know absolutely not you know uh but the environment is what we charge for because yeah. you'll be in there and there'll be somebody from the radio station you might run into a dj gemini a quicksilver might be getting his haircut there yeah a dj trini comes through a dj joe uh the whole 93.9 crew we got people from kys we got nfl players you yeah. know fred davis we had trent williams come through that uh uh Wizards fans come through, you yeah. know. Uh, people with downtown locker room, all all, yeah. all all sorts of people are in there. So there, it's a good, rich environment to get a career started. So what we could offer is uh, a foot in the door. So just come through there for a few sessions here and there, and, and get your get your network up. Hell yeah! Very very rich network of individuals you need to be around.
0: Absolutely, man. Um, Mid East is definitely one of the places that if if you're in this area, uh, please come by to the studio. It's 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 a dope studio to be at um yeah man any last words tony for the people
1: yeah i'd like to thank you man like
0: yeah, i man, appreciate you being
1: man. on the show man you're a good dude you always have been you're Thanks, talented man, man. uh i had like to give a shout out to my family you know what i'm saying my yeah. family man so yeah. i got to end it on a family note <laughs> shout out to my wife jen and my kids audrey addison jalen and tony you know
0: i love that love man you. all right that's another freaking podcast again with tony lear and them boys dennis and kev minus kev and we out
1: You fucking right, we did it. What the fuck?